Kia Koto Kato, welcome to the Circuit Podcast here, and we're at Massey recording ahead of the Fourth Circuit Contemporary Art Symposium with a focus on moving image. It's occurring here in Wellington uh, at City Gallery Wellington and Massey. Uh, this year, bring together speakers from the Philippines, the UK, Hong Kong, Canada, and little old Aotearoa. And with me is one of the curators, who's the first person we've had twice on our Circuit Cast podcast, George Clark. Kia ora, George. Hey, how's it going? Now, I'm going to call you the former assistant curator of film at the Tate, because you've now left. You're a writer and curator at large. How does that feel? Oh, it's good, you know, especially uh, to have more time to research, more time out of the office, more time for seeing and meeting artists, uh, and especially time to take, take advantage of invitations like this, to come back to New Zealand, to spend more time here. You know, last time uh, we talked, I was... Prior to my first trip to New Zealand, I came for a couple of weeks, and now I've been able to come for a few months, so really able to build on those initial connections, to explore deeper, to meet more artists, and also to spend time thinking as well uh, about the geographical position of New Zealand and its relationship to other sectors of art practice that I've also kind of got interested in, been able now to invest in further. And I guess in some ways this really comes up with the kind of bedrock of the symposium. Yeah, well, let's talk about the theme. It's got, it's got a title, Phantom Topologies, which as soon as you start unpacking is actually pretty interesting. I'm thinking of topologies maybe as the arrangement, the sort of spatial arrangement of things. And phantom, I guess, is something that is real or maybe not real, mm. you know, trying to, to judge that. So th- th- these kind of perceived notions of distance. And that's mm. a very, very long-running kind of discourse here in New Zealand. There was an exhibition years ago called Distance Looks Our Way, for example. But in this kind of globalised environment, it's very, very relevant today. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think it was something that felt uh, very important as we kind of understand how geographical connections are made now and how we deal with the legacy of the type of distance that was related to certain types of technology. You know, because I think in some ways a subset of the idea of distance is about communication, right? And one of the ideas around the sense of isolation was about sense of certain types of communication. Whereas I think all of the kind of paradigms about communication have changed so much and so drastically that also our ideas around how we map and understand geographical centeredness or Mm. relationships are also changed. And in some ways, artists are kind of forefront of also re-navigating these points of communication, points of dialogue, questions around... You know, and this is back to the origins of conceptual art with questions around the site and the non-site. Yeah. So reflections on the gallery itself and its position to the world outside. And I kind of think in some ways the generation of conceptual artists and contemporary artists that you've seen come out in New Zealand in the last 10, 15 years have also kind of taken that kind of site, non-site, but also looked at the kind of geographical relationship in terms of how New Zealand intersects with its neighbouring countries and communities and cultures cross Pacific uh, to try and remap what it means to understand where you are, where we are, and how that's also informed by 
certain technologies. You've, as part of the Artist Week for the Circuit Symposium, by curating a, a selection of work by Julian Dashber, and he's, a, he's an artist that would really come up in people's minds in terms of someone who, from the 1980s on, was thinking around our relationship from the here to the elsewhere, you know, the idea of how we received our art and reproduction. And then later he was a real trailblazer in terms of actually singularly going out and making a lot of international connections at a time when New Zealand artists weren't. Mm. I was quite interested in your perception of his work coming from your background in England and where he fits globally. The way I found out about Dashville, which maybe relates back to this idea of kind of phantoms, was actually through kind of hearsay. So before I ever saw any of Dashville's work, I met and spent time with an artist actually in Australia called Nathan Gray, who told me the story of Dashville's videos. And by telling me the story, he kind of <laughs> recreated the video itself. Which is a very common thing in New Zealand where we'd hear stories rather than actually see the work. Yeah. Exactly. And so this idea of kind of uh, not only like phantom places, but also phantom artists or phantom works, works that exist as kind of a rumour or speculation. And in some ways this kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, strange existential position where the work maybe, maybe you don't actually have to see it. Maybe the rumour's more potent or interesting than the work itself. And so that was like my first kind of glimpse of sort of Dashburn. And then it was actually through being in Wellington and getting to see the Dashburn Friends show at the City Gallery. Right. But also then extrapolated that kind of network. So it wasn't only Dashburn, it was also Dashburn as he reflected on past artists and how other artists kind of reflected on his work. I wonder if he was very consciously doing that, Julian. I never really thought about that. He might be consciously trying to make work that people in England would be talking about but not able to see in the same way that New Zealand artists had done for decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I love this phrase of his where he said the main parameters he's trying to work with is the parameters of carry-on luggage. <laughs> like what work he could make that he could fit into his suitcase and take on an aeroplane. But I think, yeah, he took that idea. And in some ways he took it before social media, before the type of communication technologies came out, that kind of uh, the reverberation of something is what might travel yeah, well, like the to, work or itself. To, or to take a full-page ad in Art Forum and that to be the actual artwork is a, a great example. Yeah. yeah, and so I think in some ways what he said is like, how do we see this distance, not as a kind of end point, but as a kind of starting point, you know, right. starting point for a conversation. Actually, this is a way that introduces that it's not about a kind of a lack, but it actually gives an advantage to New Zealand. Okay, yeah. And so this idea of, like, trying to turn those things that maybe people bemoan or complain, you know, feeling this kind of sense of distance, actually, actually, I think they position have the potential to position artists in a very advantageous position to explore what the art's going to be like in the 21st century. You know, and I guess this is the kind of thing we're interested in is trying to flip these concerns from kind of a historical position of a kind of frustration and actually say, in what way are they also kind of opportunities? Mm. And so this is what, in some ways, we invited um, five artists to make new works. And in some ways, this is the invitation to them was to look at Dashburn and to make work in response to him but in some ways in response to this idea of how the conversation can start at the kind of points where, which were previously seen as a disadvantage. Mm. Who are the artists you've, who have made work? Yeah, so we invited uh, Louise Menzies. Uh, oh yeah. Lu this is where you forget <laughs> the names and they feel, yeah, they, they're, they're listening with bated breath. Can he remember them? <laughs> Uh, Louise Menzies, Juliet Carpenter, 
Gavin Hipkins, uh, Nathan Gray, and Daniel Malone. Right, right. Uh, and it's a very eclectic list of artists. And in some ways, they're not artists you would necessarily associate with Dashburn, which is very important for us. Because I think if we understand uh, kind of a tradition or a legacy, it's the most interesting traditions are kind of critical, in my perspective. Right. So the most interesting way to follow another artist is to maybe do the opposite of what they did. Uh, and so all the artists are really chosen because they have a moving image element of their practice, but they're not predominantly understood as that. And I think this also shows the way that artists work across media yes. uh, and work within these kind of reverberations between different types of media, different sites, non-sites, different objects or non-objects. Uh, and so it's very important to bring in people who are kind of questioning uh, these kind of potentials, the reflections of art history and also the reflections of media. One of the artists that we're very happy to have involved is uh, Nathan Gray. Uh, and Nathan, as I said, was the first person who kind of told yes, me this rumour yes, about yes, yes, yes. Dashbur. And yep. so he's a great person to kind of round that circle. Um, also, they're artists based you know, in New Zealand, but also based overseas. So in some ways, it's an opportunity to invite reflections back on this local context from ashore. So Nathan's made his work in Berlin. Daniel Malone's based in Poland. And so we also have this kind of international perspectives looking back into certain types of art history. And you've also put together a, a set of selection of Dashba's works that's being shown all over the, the, the place here up at Massey at the College of Creative Arts, I think. Could you explain what you're doing? Yeah, that? so, you know, Dashba is primarily known as a painter, but also made work in across all range of media and made, in my mind, I think, a significant set of videos. And in some ways they're significant because they're often not seen as central to his practice. And so it gives an opportunity to kind of look at his practice kind of from the other end of the telescope to kind of say, what, what would film video practice look like in New Zealand if we were to say Dashbur is a video artist? How would that re-navigate and reorientate the way that we could understand art history and different types of work with video? So we'll be having a sort of focus, a one-day focus on Dashbur's video works that will be distributed around the various spaces in the old Dominion Museum. And for us, it's also a really interesting way to both kind of reflect on the echoes of the former National Art Gallery of New Zealand, it's uh-huh. the Dominion Museum, to reflect on the current use of that building as the art school. Right. So Dashbo was, you know, very involved in art education, you know, was, came through art school, taught for a long time. And so it's also trying to create these reverberations between pedagogical models of display, of art practice, of kind of artist statement, of the artist lecture, uh, as a way to also kind of rethink sort of art history in the space in which you can encounter it. I don't re- recall there being a lot of video work actually of Julian Dashburn. in that Julian Dashburn and Friends show, so it's going, to be, it's going to be really, really interesting to see. So this is all happening up here at City Gallery and also at the College of Creative Arts at Massey next week. It's a pretty interesting looking programme exhibition program that's ha- happening I mean we're talking to Josette Chiang as well about her work but I think there's, uh, there's other work you're involved in the curation of maybe you could tell us a bit more about One of the things that you really wanted to do is try and invite people from other specific communities to present work and the key focus this year has been looking at the connections to three artists from the Philippines um, so this would be Marta Atienza and her brother Jake Atienza who would be presenting an installation here at uh, the engine room together with the uh, uh, New Zealand artist um, Tanya Rucker and that's a work that comes out of their ongoing project looking at island communities and island kind of economies that kind of grew out of their own work in their communities in the Batanian Islands in the Philippines 
Um, so as well as making artwork and film projects, they also engage very heavily with kind of community groups, activist groups, educational models to look at how the communities around these uh, islands who kind of face environmental kind of devastation challenges, uh, challenges to traditional industries around kind of fishing and agriculture. And so they've also run a series of workshops in parallel to making films to kind of enable these communities to develop new approaches to stay in these islands rather than have to leave. And what's been great and really fascinating around that project is how they've started to also expand that model to now look at other island communities across the Pacific and Australasia. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're very happy that Jake Atiens is here, who's been kind of conducting research projects across uh, these different islands and visiting. Recently, he's visited uh, islands in Tonga, uh, and this time now he's in New Zealand to also meet with lots of artists here, kind of facing similar issues with Pacific communities and their kind of struggle against the changing environment and kind of economies around how they work. Uh, the other artist from the Philippines we're bringing is an artist called Merva Spina. He's an artist and curator, and he's very involved with this, the key leading, longest-running artist-run space in the Philippines called Green Papaya. And in some ways, they're a great model also for how artist-run spaces operate. So I remember when I met him, I told him I really liked his program, and he said, oh, we don't have a program anymore. All we do is cook and meet with friends and other artists to talk about their work. And in some ways, he was kind of expressing a sort of shift and a kind of critique of artist-run space where they just try and approximate a commercial gallery. Mm. He's saying artist-run space should also be inventing different meeting points, different forms of uh, exchange, and to look at different areas of practice. And Merv is one of the really kind of key curators across Southeast Asia looking at different areas of practice that maybe don't sit within a gallery or kind of museum or conventional art history but how we can understand those part of a political and social history as well. So he'll be coming and uh, running a work- cooking workshop based on recipes he's kind of gathered from artists who visited and they've worked with at Green Papaya. And he'll present food cooked within that workshop together with a screening of a film to Mumbra uh, by the kind of key and legendary Filipino director, Kidlat Tahimik. So that'll be at wow. the Pyramid Club on Wednesday night. Fantastic! That sounds great. It's going to be a wonderful. It's going to be a wonderful week, I think. Finally, I just wanted to ask you whether it's interesting that we're talking around around the Pacific, and it seems that video is a very strong media for a lot of the younger Pacific artists. A lot of very strong work coming out of New Zealand. I wondered if that was something that's just our perception from here, <laughs> rather than it's it's just a the growing trend elsewhere. I mean, do, do, you, do you notice that it's particularly strong here or, or, is, or is that sort of par for the course internationally, do you think? I think it is a really strong kind of scene here in New Zealand and it's definitely recognised internationally. You know, I think it was really interesting just being in Australia. You know, you definitely had a sense where the kind of art scene in New Zealand was kind of hitting way above its weight. You know, that many curators I met in Australia would kind of say, for the population size, the amount of people there, you know, they've got so many very prominent uh, and significant artists working in very different veins. And I kind of think the strength of any kind of art scene is about how many different positions it can kind of maintain. You know, that it doesn't become too singular or kind of polarised around one type of art form. Mm. So I think real strength in New Zealand is it can you can have these very different artists working kind of in parallel with very different concerns. Mm. And in some ways that's the thing we wanted to highlight with the commission project, 
So in some ways, you might not encounter Juliet Carpenter and Gavin Hipkins in a show together, but actually they both represent different poles of practice. So, you know, for me, the strength and kind of interest in actually being able to spend more time to kind of dig into these areas of practice also been to discover all these different ways that people are working, the different networks that they connect to, the different points of kind of exchange and dialogue across New Zealand itself, but also across uh, different art scenes that artists are kind of navigating in the way they travel or the way they exhibit. Thank you. You've been listening to Circuit Cast, brought to you with the help of Creative New Zealand with music from Talautalon. Looking forward to the upcoming symposium. Kia ora.